relatively young. Um, he's certainly younger than Paul, and and some theologians believe that um, he was Tim Timothy was receiving trouble um, in the churches because of his age, and hence why he says in First uh, Timothy chapter four verse twelve, let no man despise you because of your youth, but be an example uh, to those in faith, life, love, practice, purity, um, and so uh, youth certainly has a bearing. Um, with with uh, I mean age has a bearing on our Christian walk in some degree because typically with years comes experience although that's not always the case you can be 50 years old and still be ignorant as a 12 year old you know um, you still can't uh, there, there's many cases where well, we don't develop right but it's assumed that with age you will um grow wiser you will grow uh, more experienced but timothy is wise nonetheless especially because paul tells i believe it's in the first letter he says you have known the holy scriptures from youth and, and so um and we will see right now um that there was a faith that his mother had and his grandmother lois we don't know about his father um but we do know his mother and his uh, grandmother had a faith. He says that that dwell in your mother. Um, well, anyways, without further ado, I, I do want to pray. Um, I, I can already see myself beginning to talk, so I, I don't want to continue any longer before uh, we get into prayer. Um, so uh, let us uh, lean our hearts to the Lord right now. And I want to ask that you would ask the Lord as well that God would speak to you. Um, remember that whenever the word of God is opened and it is rightfully proclaimed and it's rightfully interpreted uh, and the spirit of God Thank accompanies the word, then God has spoken. You don't need Jesus Christ to come down again in the flesh in order for you to have confidence that uh, God has spoken. What you need to do is get into the word of God and allow the spirit of God to breathe upon this sacred text, his word, and, and in order that it may come alive to your conscience and your heart. And so I want to ask that you would ask the Lord that he would speak to you in a prophetic way. He would speak to you with power and um, that though unknown to myself, that the Lord would bypass my ignorance and be able to speak directly to your situation. So, Father God, we just come before you, Lord. And I ask, Lord, we come before you, the throne of grace boldly, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Lord God, I ask that you would speak to your people. Father, I pray that whatever lies the enemy try to set up in their minds, Lord God, to get them to believe, Father, I pray that it would be dismantled and broken today, Lord. I pray that every chain would be broken. I pray for those of us in this group that have self-loathing thoughts, uh, little thoughts of ourselves, Lord God, uh, thoughts that uh, are self-destructive, I pray would be broken by your grace, be broken and exposed by your word. Father, I pray for those of us, Lord God, that need freedom. We need liberty. We need, Father God, you to come through, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe upon your word and you would cause it to come alive. 
or cause it to come alive, Father God. And I pray that destiny would be fulfilled this day, Lord, that, that if we are hanging in the balance, Lord, we're hanging on the fence as it were, Lord, that you would push us, Lord, on the side of righteousness, Lord, that we will no longer stand at attention betwixt between two options, Lord, that we would decisively choose to serve you this day. In fact, as I'm saying that right now, there's one of you that uh, that this prayer is ringing true for, and and you've been stuck in in, in this in uh, two decisions, and and you you're you're hard pressed to make a choice to serve God without reservations, but that. Uh, needs to be broken today make that choice today today is the day of salvation father i ask of you lord in the mighty name of jesus that you would bless the uh, the proclamation the 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 expounding of your word lord and god i ask that you would give us strength and grace upon grace upon grace lord and i pray for those of us lord that have sinned recently that you would forgive them of their sins lord in the mighty and powerful and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, accompany us. Join with us. Dwell with us. By your power, Lord. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, I'm delighted to have us uh, today. Thank you guys for jo- uh, joining in. Um, you could be doing anything else. Hey, Sister Michelle, is it is it Saturday there in Lebanon? Yeah, it's already it, Saturday here. Yeah. Oh, what, what time is it there? Um, six eleven p.m. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's barely eight eleven over here in the morning. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like the opposite. Yeah, big time difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was curious if it was Sunday already. No. But uh, so let's uh, get into the text. And it's Second Timothy again. For those of you that have an option to read another uh, translation, you feel free to read every translation you want, except uh, with the exception of uh, uh, the Passion. <laughs> That's a, it's not a, uh, it, it's, a, it's a corrupt translation. It's mm. not even a translation. And I'm throwing that out there just in case you guys have come across it. Um, but I'm reading the ESV if you'd like to follow along. <clears throat> it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Wait, by yeah, the where, will we, where are we reading from? Where are we uh, reading from? Oh, yeah, yeah. Second Timothy chapter 1. Well, we start our first one or? Yeah, verse 1. Okay, thank you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, I just want to, I just want to stop there. I want to throw this question out there, um, and ask you guys, what do you think the significance? of Paul, uh, no, let, let me ask this question. Yeah, yeah, let, let me just follow through with that. What do you think the significance of Paul addressing Timothy as a son is? And the reason why I ask is because um, today we, we uh, there, there's a, 
to me, this is what I see. There's a there's the Church of Jesus Christ, and and there seems to be this aim for reach, 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 reach. We need to get more people in, more people in, more people in, right? We a lot of times, and not all cases, but there are a lot of people who want mega church, mega church, mega church. And I'm not, I don't have anything to say about the mega church. Um, well, I have things to say about it, but I choose not to right now. Uh, I, I think it has its place in some degrees because it's able to accomplish a lot. But at the end of the day, the, uh, a really great question is, is how much depth is there? To what extent are genuine relationships being built? To what extent is there some sort of intimacy and, and relationship, um, true biblical care you see being demonstrated and practiced and exemplified in the church of Jesus Christ? And uh, I ask this question because we clearly see that Paul and Timothy had just that. Um, you, you see a lot of uh, the way that Jesus thought and lived wasn't so much reach. He, yes, he fed the 5,000, but he didn't stay with them day after day. He committed most of his time to the 12 and then most, and, and even more specifically, the three among the 12. And you cannot live day after day after day and, and, and have questions arise as, when will the destruction of the temple be? When all these things play, take place and, have, you know, have the disciples asking Jesus so many questions about the Bible or, or really about his teaching um, and, and um, Jesus teaching and instructing them and there not be some sort of intimacy occurring. And I stress that because it's so important today um, in a day and age um you know uh my cousin said it's about catching the spirit of your leader and and i think that's true there's a lot of uh kind of transferring or kind of conferring what that leader has learned through the holy spirit through experience through education through relationship that should be passed down that's why I'm so against, um, and I know it has its place that we can learn and grab from a lot of people. Obviously, you see a bunch of books. And so in some sense, all the dead and uh, alive men are my teachers to some degree, right? Um, but they're not my main teachers, right? There has to be some sort of mentorship. Now, I, I, I say it, and, and pastoral care, and and there should be a trust that you have and and a leader or leaders and uh, it sounds really spiritual but when we say I, I trust no man that's actually not really a biblical statement and we will see later um, actually in this text that that was not Paul's line of thinking now we don't trust men on the degree that we can trust God we trust God with our very salvation with our souls with supplying all our needs without fail, that God will be able to come through again and again and again and again without fail. That's the level of confidence that we can have in God. But there is a sort of human confidence that we can have with respect to people. Otherwise, you would have no expectations of anybody. You wouldn't ask anybody anything. If you carried your distrust of people to its logical conclusion, that means you wouldn't be asking anybody for anything. <laughs> But anyways, without belaboring the point, Paul addresses Timothy as a son. And so 
as we continue, we see uh, uh, verse three, I thank God whom I serve as I did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. You know, I love that because he says, I'm remembering you in my prayers night and day, you know, and, and it's a bit bothersome uh, because I, I, I think that the, 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 place that the church is failing most and i don't say this in condemnation but i say this in in a careful correction is the place of prayer um if there's anything that the devil is going to attack most it's not going to be you listening to sermons it's not going to be you attending youth group it's not going to be you attending a fellowship the thing that the devil is going to attack most is prayer you know, I, I've cited this before, but Charles Spurgeon said that the engine of the church is prayer. That is the engine of the church. That is the fuel. Uh, that is the channel whereby God fuels the heart of the believer. And so if we are prayerless, we're going to be strengthless. If we are prayerless, we're going to lack in zeal. If we're prayerless, we're going to lack in power. And the people that I have seen reflect Jesus most are those that have been most prayerful. And, and I've said this before, but duration, there's no, um, there's no secret formula, so to speak. There, there is no, I am going to punch in this amount of time. It's intimacy. And, but that intimacy inevitably accompanied with that intimacy, time will follow. Duration will follow. And a lot of people like to get very religious in this area. And they say, brother, don't be legalistic. Um, you know, I pray my 10 minutes. Well, okay. And I know this isn't a biblical proof text, but apply that logic uh, with regards to your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend. See how happy they're going to be. <laughs> give that time to your mother or your father right they're not going to appreciate it very well if you just give them 10 minutes day after day after day after day some of you are laughing you know what i'm talking about have your boyfriend give you that much time <laughs> and so i know our relationship with the lord is different uh, with regards to you know, on many different levels, but the point is, it's a relationship nonetheless. But Paul here is saying, I remember you in my prayers night and day. <clears throat> and and uh, so this man was a, is a, was a powerful man, and he truly cared for the church. He says that the church was his burden. He says, among all these things, amid all the persecution and the suffering, he says, I have the care of all the churches. And I would like to ask this question. And this is a really good question that just came to me. Who in your life, do, you may not know, but who in your life do you think you would have confidence is actually praying for you night and day? And whoever that person is or people are, you should probably stick them close around your side. <clears throat> As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois 
and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And so we see that he had a religious background. But how many of you know religious backgrounds will not suffice? You can have an amazing religious background and be lacking in true, sincere faith. You could have been, you, you could have sat under great theology and, and the proclamation of God's word throughout many of you, many years of your life, and you still lack faith. So it's not enough that you know the people who have faith or you hang on the faith of your mother, or your grandmother's prayers, or something like that. It has to become very real to the degree that. Jesus is a living reality for you, right? And so he says that the faith now dwells in him. But here's the deal. Just because faith is present within you and and the, the gift of God is present within you, it's still of necessity that you fan into flame. It's not that you can ride on the, the horse of your your previous commitments or your previous faith or the things that you've done in time past uh, or the prayers of of uh, of yesterday <clears throat> it's necessity that today you fan into flame the gift of god fire goes out if you don't keep attending to it you believed on the lord jesus and it was and that occurred at uh, uh at a particular time in history but from that point forward, you have to give maintenance to it. And depending on how large you want the fire will mean putting more fuel, adding more wood, uh, use, uh, fanning more and more and more and more. And so there's a lot of work that has to be placed into this. It's not just something that you get to do once and then leave it from there. You have to keep giving maintenance, just like your car or just like your relationships, just like your house. If you don't clean it, it's going to collect dust. You know, <laughs> uh, sometime back I seen, a, it was so nasty. Someone had a coffee pot and there was mold. I was like, that's disgusting because they didn't change the co coffee pot. Well, there's something as small as a coffee mug, you have a uh, coffee pot, so you have to give maintenance to it. How much more the most glorious thing, your relationship with the Lord. And also, I wanted to say, if if you guys at any point have any questions or any remarks, feel free to um, uh, input. Let's continue reading. Uh, so he says that God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I think this is a very, very popular verse, but it's one of those verses that um, is most difficult for pe people to get within their DNA because there's so much that we want to fear. There's so much that we might be doubtful of or are tempted to become anxious about. But the Bible makes it clear that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. I, I think it was uh, John Wesley said, give me 300 men that, love says something like love no one but god and men and fear nothing but sin and he says i will uh change the world um 
And I would say that the only thing we should fear is sin. Uh, we should fear uh, the things that um, God, uh, losing the things God values. Those are the things that we should fear. Losing um, intimacy with Jesus, that should be something that we greatly fear. But that's not the sort of fear Paul is talking about here. Um, in fact, Paul's having to encourage Timothy time and time again about this issue of fear. Also, I think in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 16, I believe it is. No, Romans chapter is somewhere near the end. And I believe also in Paul's first letter. And so Timothy has to keep fanning into flame. He has to keep fighting off fear. And what's going to help assist us to do that is to know that God hasn't given us that. And that our identity is in accord with who Jesus says we are, with the power he has given us. <clears throat> Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. And so the basis, uh, in order for him to fulfill that command, it's of necessity that he goes back, not to a strength of his own, not to the courage of his own, because in the flesh, there are some of us that are more courageous than others. But no matter how courageous we may otherwise be, that courage is going to fail. You put that courage or you put that strength up against the devil, there is no winning match. You put it up against sin, there's no winning match. And so it's the spirit of God that empowers the heart of the believer, enabling us, strengthening us in order to not be ashamed about the testimony of our Lord. And in the flesh, there's a lot to be ashamed about. If we're seeing this from a carnal perspective, Paul says, if in this life only have I hope in Christ, I am above all men most to be miserable. I am most to be pitied. Paul the Apostle says, he says, we are the scum and the refuse of this earth. Now I know as a, as a pastor who gets a standing or a, a ovation and, you know, has sold books and, you know, has a yacht and, you know, has a mansion and all this other stuff, there's, this sort of verse doesn't make sense. I don't know how I can make sense of that verse. But here, um, Paul, he wasn't after riches. He wasn't after notoriety. He wasn't after a big name. He wasn't even after a big ministry. He expresses his desire in Acts chapter 20. He says, that I may fulfill my course with joy and the ministry in which God has given me, that I may testify of the forgiveness and the grace of God in the person of Jesus Christ. That was his main and godly ambition. And that is what Paul committed all his energy to. So much so that he had ended up giving his neck for the very gospel that he proclaimed. But Paul says of himself that he's the scum of the earth, the refuse of this earth. And if only in uh, this life have we hope in Christ for above all men most to be miserable. So what enabled him to not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord is the power of the Holy Spirit and the hope of the resurrection. That one day all the golds and the finances and the riches and the glories of this world will be looked as uh, viewed as dung in comparison to what awaits uh, Jesus Christ's body. 
And if we don't get into the spirit, if we do not think from a uh, spiritual perspective, um, God speaking to our perspective and our spirit, telling us and uh, encouraging us, promising, uh, promising us these glorious things to come, then there will be no sustaining of our relationship with the Lord. Because you're going to go to what satisfies you most. You're going to be captivated by the glories of this life. But he says, therefore, do not be ashamed. Or another word for that is be disappointed. Bible says that the hope of God doesn't bring us to disappointment. The testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but sharing suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. You know, so Paul's a prisoner. And you can imagine the sort of things that they had gone through. Um, you know, even though Paul's writing scripture, Paul wasn't liked very much. And the, the, he, he references, quote, the super apostles that come in and begin trying to discredit him. He says, he talks about this in first and second Corinthians. And you would think that, oh, this is the apostle Paul. He raised the dead. Oh, you know, he cast out demons. Look at this mighty man of God. We hold him in high esteem today. But they let him have it with beatings and imprisonments and slander in his day. So it wasn't a popular thing to be a Christian. Well, and maybe some regions there were, it was. But by and large, it wasn't this sort of glorious thing. That's why they were called, the early followers of Christ were called Christians. That was a derogatory claim. That was a derogatory name. It wasn't something that, you know, we pride ourselves in being called a Christian today, but they didn't. And so amid all this, there's a lot to be ashamed about. And maybe there's some things that you might be tempted to be ashamed about. God doesn't heal you from cancer. There may be certain disappointments in your life. And and depending on how we respond, we'll either it will expose the secret beliefs of our heart to determine whether or not Jesus Christ is truly our hope and the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the glory to come, or the hope of getting that promotion, or getting that new job, or getting that glorious marriage. And I'm not saying those things are bad in itself, but that is not the foundation of our service to God. But uh, continuing forward, it says, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And I, I want to say this last thing, and I want to see if uh, maybe if anybody has any remarks or questions. But why is the gospel so important? Because life and immortality has been brought to light through the gospel message. So in other words, without the gospel, life, eternal life, is hidden in a cloak and is shut off. Um, it's shut off from men. Uh, what does it mean to have a sound mind? Um, that's what the KJV reads. Um, other translation says self-control. 
Um, and so I don't know if there, I don't know how much variation there is and, and how to interpret. I would have to look at the, the Greek and see. Uh, but for the most part, I, I think it's just self-control. That, that's at least what I believe, uh, yeah, mine reads. Love and self-control. Oh, healthy. And some sorts of wisdom. In Romanian, there is a word called kibzuinza, um, and that is like to not be in extremes. Um, I mean, to, do not go too far in a way, uh, but neither in the other way, to be temperate, something like that, uh, to, to have good judgment. Mm. That, that's the word. Thank you, sis. Um, yeah, so what I was saying is that that's why the gospel is so important because life and immortality has been brought to light through it. Um, and, and so if, if we don't have that message, then what is there to live for? Nothing. <laughs> but anyways, I want to, I want to see, does anybody have any remarks or maybe any questions uh, thus far? Feel free to interject at any time if you guys would like. <laughs> if not, we'll, we'll continue. Um, all right, so let's continue forward. It says, uh, uh, verse 11, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I believed, I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that, ha that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so Paul's not ashamed. And that's because he knows his God. And um, that's why it's it's more it's so important that we know the Lord, and we know Him intimately because it's not enough to know the Word of God. You have to know the God of the Word. Now we get to know the God of the Word through the Word of God, but sometimes people read the Bible not to even know God; they just want to know His Word, or they just want to out argue people, or they have other motives to why they read. This happens a lot, especially in seminaries. It just becomes this intellectual exercise. It has to be read with heart desperation and hunger. But the but Paul says he knows who he has believed, and he's in, he's uh, persuaded that God is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to him. And this is what I was talking to you about earlier. He says, "Follow the pattern of sound words." that you have heard from me in, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying right there very clearly, follow a pattern of words that you have heard from him. This is what I was talking about earlier. There has to be some level of trust that uh, you have for the leaders. That's why even the writer of Hebrews talks about respecting the leaders that have uh, uh, proclaimed the word of God to you. Um, now that doesn't mean placing anybody on a pedestal or worshiping anybody. 
there's a lot of that nonsense going around, especially with these hyper charismatic preachers who like to slap people with their coats and stuff. Um, but there, there is a sort of uh, trust that you should have in, in the leaders that God has appointed. Now, if they're living in sin and all this other stuff, that's totally different. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about qualified people that have met the criteria that uh, Paul lays out in First Timothy, talking about those that are above reproach, the husband of one wife, not giving to filthy money and filthy lucre, uh, hospitable, who um, has a good standing among outsiders, uh, have it, they have integrity, they're able to teach, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, um, oh, I wanted to say this. <clears throat> Some of you, some of you guys uh, on Instagram follow or have followed this guy. Um, what is his name? He's this guy. He just recently got converted. Um, he has a lot of tattoos on his face. And it, what was his name? I think he's a Bougang. I don't know. John, yeah, yeah, that guy. John what? something like that. I don't know. John Gabbana or something. Don't yeah, yeah. Something? So yeah, that's him. He's been doing a lot of shady stuff, and I know he's new to the faith, but like just the other, it, it was it was really a, it was just really a, it really grieved me to see it. He, he was having a Bible study while he was on the toilet on Instagram. Okay, now like that's not you know it's not like he, you know is committing fornication but still it's like okay but what i've heard is some of the some of the people in the chat have said you know uh he continues to say don't follow me don't follow me it's like bro what else do you expect you have almost a million followers a lot of people look to you you can say that all day but they're still going to follow you and so that's why i'm saying that that sort of talk is nonsense it, you have to be honest if, if you really don't want people to follow you, cut your Instagram off. Cut your social media off. You don't want people to follow you? People are going to follow you. They either are or they're not. Okay? And you're always in one or two positions. You're leading someone or you're following someone. Now, you're not following them as Lord. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. But he's been doing a lot of questionable stuff. and And so... You can say that all day, but a lot of people are psychologically pressured or they just have this subconscious trust that they're not even aware of how much they really trust you. And they, they just kind of go with the flow. And so um, I say that because we have to be really careful about who we're influencing and who's influencing us. Okay. We don't live in a vacuum. We don't live on an island where all we have are, is the Bible and and prayer, right? I only follow Jesus. Well, yes, you should only follow his teaching. You should only follow the Bible. But do not be mistaken. There are people that are going to influence you nonetheless. There have been people that have influenced me for better or for worse. When I was younger in the Lord, I got influenced by some kind of weird things wacky beliefs because of the people i trusted now it didn't cause me to make shipwreck of faith 
but I had to go back and revise and I had to go back and correct and I had to go do a lot of uh, additional work. Just recently I had, I, I had to lovingly uh, reach out to someone because they posted some videos of them going to some minister's church who was doing some wacky stuff, wacky stuff. And so not out of legalism or I hate you or you get this right, but keep yourself accountable. Keep yourself in a, in a knit of trusted people. Um, anybody have any questions about that? I, 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 I don't. Yeah. So John Gabbana, that's his name. Uh, thank you, Karina. <clears throat> anybody have any questions, concerns, or any remarks? I have a question, but it's not about this topic, but I experienced something recently and I asked you on Facebook, but you didn't see. <laughs> uh, have you ever felt opposed while you are uh, praying for someone? Because I prayed for someone and I felt opposed and I felt to stop. <laughs> I don't know. I felt such a great opposition, like... And I think then you, where does this opposition come from? What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean, post? In my spirit, like I was praying and praying, and I had such a, I felt that in my spirit, like a, an opposition, like literally something pushed me away, in in my in my spirit, and I stopped and I was thinking what to do, God, because I feel like it's. It's not, it's not angering me, but I, it, it, feels, it feels really weird, you know? And I was like, should I continue to pray or should I, should I stop? And I don't know where does this come from. I was like, this is not the Lord stopping me because God does not want me to stop praying for someone who is in need. So why do I feel op opposed like that? And <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm asking, have you ever experienced that, brother? Um, I, I think I, what I've experienced is, uh, yeah, opposition and prayer. I don't know if it was specifically related to someone in particular. Like once I started praying for that person, then I started receiving opposition. But um, I have received opposition nonetheless, uh, difficulty to pray, um, an inability to break through and having to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, and that's because I would say that the devil is opposing, you know, you I was playing, uh, I was playing right next to her and I felt that opposition. Like, is it, was this person a believer? Yeah, is a believer, but uh, she has a hard time right now. I mean, she's a bit falling. She falls. I mean, she's she's in, in great. Uh, I don't know how to say. She had fallen, um, and I. There are a lot of of things going on in her heart, and uh, while I started to pray, I felt that opposition, and I don't know why. I, it's very weird, you know, because I was when I'm alone and I pray, I don't feel that opposition. But when I'm near her and I, I try to pray for her, I feel so opposed. 
You know, I think, uh, and I don't want to make a doctrine or teaching out of this, but just in my own experience, I, I thought I thought you were talking about like privately, um, but there have been a lot of times when um, it's not all the time, but when someone is going through something and I pray for them, I I feel that thing, whatever they're going through, like try to like like there's times when I've prayed for people who have anxiety and then anxiety tries to come and attack me. Um, Sometimes when people feel depressed, I, I you know, feel their uh, sorrow, uh, you know. So, like I said, I don't want to make a teaching out of it, but in my own experience, again, this doesn't happen all the time. Um, but I have experienced that at times. Um, or even at times when someone is on fire for the Lord and I'm praying with them and it's just, like, contagious. And then you find yourself, like, you know, on fire as you guys are praying together. Um, I don't know how that works out exactly. And, and I'm sure there's so much more that can be said about that. I think God alone knows really the intricacies of that interaction, you know, of, of prayer and participation in prayer. But it, I think it just goes to show that there, there's a spiritual realm and there's so much that we don't know about it. And, and it, to me, prayer just altogether is a mystery. And, but God commands us to do it nonetheless. But I, I think that you're on to something there, and I think that's a valid experience. Um, I'm sure many of us here can attest to that as well. Um, you know, for example, um, there have, you know, I, I've shared this experience before, but when uh, one of my old friends, he was demonically possessed, um, you know, and it, I, even before, um, even before he manifested, I felt this evil, evil presence in, in the, in the vehicle. It was just, it was ugly. It was horrible. Um, and, um, this is what I feel too. When I, when I pray near, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, I felt that opposition, like literally like it's pushing me away. And it's, it's like, I, 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 feel that i i truly feel that it's like it wants me to stop praying and i i start to pray for like uh i start on fire and like i start to pray and i prayed for almost one minute and i, I don't think it was one minute i think it was like 20 seconds or so and i i i literally stopped <laughs> because it, it it was such a great opposition and then I came and I prayed alone, and now I I I, I want to continue to pray for for her, but I know I need to rely on God's strength because I can't do it without without His strength because the opposition is so huge it drains me away like literally. And you know, guys, I I want I want to to begin to view prayer as like an exercise of muscles. See, you know, people say prayer warriors. That term's not in the Bible. Um, I mean, I get where we get it from. And I think there are those that are more exceptionally strong in prayer than others. But I would encourage you to begin to view prayer as that. It's not this mathematical input, input this, it equals this. It, it's, it's very organic. It's like it's your muscles. It's it's natural, and and through over time, and 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 pressure, it, you increase in strength. 
and and so um the more you pray the more you get a hold of god the more you're going to be able to withstand those sort of oppositions and then go on war go to war on behalf of others um because if we're struggling to pray for ourselves what 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 sort of logic says to us that we can we have uh, strength to pray for another person you know and that's not what i'm accusing you of anna that you're struggling to pray for yourself i'm just i'm just uh saying that that goes to show the level of warfare uh, prayer can be <laughs> look at jesus look at jesus in the garden of gethsemane he prayed three times it uh, we know from scripture it was at least an hour each time and it says then he says then he went to go to his disciples they were asleep and then he returned he says then jesus praying the more earnestly fell on his face the writer of hebrews records what sort of um uh jesus says another writer of hebrews says uh jesus offered up long uh strong cries and tears to him who's able to save him from death and so um anyways i i I don't know if that helps this um but i would say that um that that is a that is a reality uh that there's warfare going on uh, yeah it it helped me brother and yes i i know exactly what you are saying because when um when i stood alone and i had the time only when i prayed like literally I I could manage to pray like a day and uh, and even night like I was in constantly uh, with with the Lord I was constant constantly praying in my spirit to throughout the day but so now um as I told you I I started to do more tasks around um my power kind of got drained and I saw that I became weaker in my spirit and so i now i i i realized i need to let go of some things so i may pray even more so i may walk because other other um else i will just fail um, i will just fail i become quickly drained and quickly in, in this battle with life with a lot of people around me i was stronger when i was alone but now as I, I started to go to more places and to be around certain people, uh, my power just <laughs> drains. And so I need to, my prayer life to be, to be strengthened. Well, let's, uh, uh, let's uh, go to, let's pray for our sister right now. If you guys don't mind. I'd like to pray for you, Sister Anna. Father God, to just come before you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would strengthen Anna right now, Lord. Father God, I pray that you would break everything in her life, Lord God, that doesn't belong, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that she would let go. God, if she has any idols in her heart, Father, I pray that it would be broken right now lord by your power and by your spirit lord we intercede for our sister right now lord we ask that you would lead her lord that she would not lead her own life father god that she would 
wholeheartedly surrender to you, Lord. Spirit of God, I pray that you would strengthen her, Lord, that you would forgive her of her sins, Lord. And, and the things that she has committed, Father God, would be forgiven. Lord God, I pray that you would free her from a guilty conscience, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would breathe on her afresh, that you would breathe on her anew, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would administer your loving kindness to her right now, Lord. And Father, I pray that she would cut off every ungodly relationship that, uh, or an ungodly friendship, Lord God, that, that uh, she should not be joining herself with, Lord. Um, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that the places that she's talking about, Lord God, that, um, that drag her down, Lord God, that, that um, kind of push her out of her identity and, and her walk, Lord, I pray that she will no longer visit anymore that you would keep her on the straight and narrow, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I don't, I, I hope that I, uh, you're encouraged, sis, after uh, we pray for you. Yes, I am. And you have spoken exactly what I have struggled with lately. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I truly have to let go. And that is my prayer because I was like, in my old life, I've been stuck in my mind because not, I don't know how to say, I felt condemned on start walking in my call from God because I felt condemned and I was like how can I do this how can I do that I I, I heard these voices from my past and I, I fear I honestly fear because I don't want to fail and I truly want to be who God wants me to be more than than anything else but I see I'm so easily distracted and I'm like, oh Lord, but I truly want to, I truly want to. And I would love if, if you uh, can keep me in your prayers because I truly do want this week. It will be the hardest week of my life uh, because I start to work. I never worked and I, I have a lot of battles going on and it is my journey with God, which is the the number one priority. And I know the devil will send me a lot of distraction. And I, I today I stood and I asked the Lord to prepare me. And I don't say that, uh, I don't want to interrupt or something, but I would really love if you sustain me in prayer. I, I'm also praying for, for you, even though I don't type in the chat too much it's because i'm constantly trying to to read to do something to get closer because i have a lot of fights but i i also keep all of you in my prayers in in my heart and may the lord reward you <laughs> through your through your prayers amen amen thank you sis for sharing that absolutely we will continue to pray for you 
for those of you that are in the chat um, <clears throat> um remember to keep sister anna in your prayers and um so yes absolutely sis keep on fighting and and as i was praying yeah, i i seen um, that's what i heard and so know that the lord has victory for you sis the lord has freedom for you um, he doesn't want you in bondage that is not reflective of the heart of god um, the lord wants you to have liberty um, and and so he wants you to have freedom he wants you to be have joy his joy and so um let me just uh, answer this really quick later can you elaborate on spiritual nourishment whenever i go a little bit without reading the bible and praying it's like my anxiety and ocd gets very bad i can't think clearly even if i don't read for an hour so i'm being suddenly overwhelmed and i feel bad i know i'm a babe in christ does that connect to it yeah so i think that there's a clear delineation that you have to have just between compulsory reading <clears throat> and reading from hunger and if if what you get from your lack of reading or your lack of prayer is like someone trying to whip you forward that's not how the lord operates it's either self-induced or it's the enemy exploiting the weakness in your relationship with christ to give you a bad image of what jesus doesn't look like but he wants to get you to believe he looks like so the lord's the Lord woos, yes, he convicts, but even in the conviction, no matter how hard it may be, there's always a sense of the tender kindness of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, his fruit is joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And so if you leave and you say, I haven't read, there should be a sense of hunger and wooing and yes, grief at times. If you've been putting off the Lord or maybe you're in sin. Um, but it's never compulsory. It's never inciting condemnation or hopelessness or self-hatred. Um, and then especially if it leads to anxiety or it leads to this obsessive compulsive disorder. That's, that's the Lord doesn't work that way. Um, and so... I would say that's how you delineate. If if you feel like there's this pressure, this compulsory pressure that's just kind of whipping you forward, like God is this heavy taskmaster, then then that's how you know that's not the Lord. In both cases, the aim is read more, pray more, right? But when the Lord is performing it, there's this encouragement. The, the, the Bible even tells us we don't know how to pray as we are, but the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So the Lord is sympathetic to our weaknesses, and he encourages, he aids, he motivates, he, um, he woos. And don't get me wrong, there is a sense of conviction, but there's always coupled with that conviction that the Lord is still your Father. And it's always done out of love. Even if the discipline hurts, is never a sense of uh, hopelessness or despair or dismay or anything like that. Um, and so I hope that gives you kind of a, uh, I, I heard it, I heard it said this way before. Um, and I, I don't believe it entirely, but I think there's a slight truth in it. Um, when you don't read or you don't pray, there shouldn't be the sense of, uh, oh, I blew it. 
uh, there should be a sense of I'm hungry. And so I think it's a really a matter of perspective. I'm hungry. And it's like, good luck going to the gym, working out on your legs and getting a good bench press in, or maybe running five, 10 miles or whatever. And you haven't eaten, or if you haven't drank even water to start the day, good luck with that. Right. And so that's, you know, that's, that's what I would say concerning the matter. Um, I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, oh, so survival hunger. Well, then, then in that case, is, I, I mean, leaving off one day of reading and prayer, I don't think would will cause that. I, I can't say that even in times where I hadn't prayed the day or or I didn't pray as good as I wanted to, that it ever led to that. Um, my assumption would be is that there are some underlying things that you're still not letting go. I might be wrong about that. Um, um, but there's, there's maybe some things that you're still holding on to um, or, or things that, that you do to trip up and then, you know, the enemy lies to you and then just kind of creates this, he exploits what, whatever failing there is in your life that is causing that drowning like feeling. Um, but the, I, I don't know the details, so I wouldn't be able to say for certain. Um, hold on. Let me, let me check one last thing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Malachi, that I didn't get around, uh, to reading your question. If we follow Jesus example, does that mean that in respect to leadership, should we correct them? My pastor, Stephen Fritikney has fell into doctrinal issues. Though my example is Christ as believer, do I still do what Peter says and respect those in leadership despite the apostasy they show in weak moments. I've heard run from the altars of false teachings and also know that all Christians leadership or should not be opposed to loving correction, rebuke. So if I'm understanding the question correctly, it's that if my pastor is out of line, should I still respect them? Um, if if Christ is our example. Now, the thing is, there's always going to be leaders that either say something or do something that don't entirely align with scripture. Um, and when I say that, that doesn't mean complete false teaching. Like someone begins to say, Jesus isn't Lord. Or they say, oh, you don't have, you, you can't trust your Bible. Or things that are clearly and blatantly dangerous dangerous beliefs um you're always going to want to follow jesus and remember as i've said already that paul said follow me as i follow jesus so if you see something that isn't in line with what jesus would do then you don't follow what that person would do um now if they're still a man of god <clears throat> even if they have a slight error because i guarantee you if you press any of us in this chat there's going to be some sort of error somewhere um, even if it's small, um, if, if that person is still a man of God, is still walking in integrity, still holds to the central tenets of this book in the Christian faith, then yes, still respect them as a leader. 
now there's going to be areas of disagreement. It doesn't mean you have to like abandon your intellect and just throw it out the window and say, oh, I'm going to aimless, uh, blindly follow you. And so there is a wisdom that you couple with your respect of a leader and, and you're, you're following it. Uh, it doesn't mean that you follow every exact same thing, um, you know, that the person is saying, but I hope that kind of gives some sort of perspective about the matter. Um, ultimately, our, our leader is Jesus and we follow him. He is our Lord. Um, but nonetheless, don't discount or dismiss, um, you know, Christian leaders altogether. Um, but anyways, let, let's continue just a little bit longer and then we will um, close out. We left off at um, verse 15. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus, Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when I, he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you will know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. You know, Paul certainly is a strong man. He's strong in the Lord because he says all had turned away from him. You know, uh, I'm sure some of us would be like, you know, if we had the option to, um, you, you would want Paul the Apostle as your pastor, right? <laughs> but then again, I'm not sure if we would really want that because he was a very extreme man. And there are times where, you know, people have left him, including a man named Demas. Um, but these people had turned away from him, too, for who knows what reason. But he still remained strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And uh, and we would see in the last chapter that there, there were other people who had turned away from him. But he, you know, he's still able to pray, may the Lord not lay it to their charge. Uh, so he, he is not bitter because of betrayal. He's not angry because people didn't support him. Um, he knows whom he has believed. And so chapter two says, you then my child be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please. Um, brother Greg. Uh, yeah. Are we, in chapter, are, you, are we in chapter two right now? We see chapter one. Cause, uh, yeah. I, I cannot still close the book. <clears throat> yeah. Chapter two. Chapter two. Okay. Thank you. It says as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. I want to stop right. Oh, hold on. One more verse. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is a hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So he's talking about suffering, right? And he uses these different analogies. He talks about a soldier. He talks about an athlete, and he talks about a farmer, right? The farm, it says the hardworking farmer. Just because you're a farmer doesn't mean that you're going to have a share in the crops. He says a hardworking 
farmer. He makes careful note to place that in there. So just because you're enlisted in the army of the Lord doesn't mean that you're going to therefore get the rewards of being in the army. You have to compete according to the rules. You have to be the hardworking farmer. You ought not to get entangled in civilian pursuits. So just because you're in the army doesn't mean that you can't get entangled in other things. Just because you have a farm doesn't mean that you're going to get a share of the crops. It requires a hardworking farmer in order to go through the process. Just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you're going to win. And so he uses these different analogies to illustrate the point that it's going to be hard work, right? It's not going to be easy. And I like this. I forgot which sermon it was, but Paul Washer talks about how um, these young kids at such an early age, I don't know what culture he was referencing in particular, um, but the same could be true just about any culture in certain sports. There's this... um, early age where they began day after day after day after day just training their bodies training their bodies training their bodies and paul washer talks about for an earthly crown and i remember and he says but how much more ought ought not we to commit ourselves to the service of the lord for an eternal crown you know like in greece whether they they did so much for the little you know, what are, what are those things, the wreaths or something around their heads? <clears throat> and that was the extent of the reward. You know, an applause, yay! And then the parade dies down and you go home and you just got the medal and you look at it and you're probably done with it about a week later. And they train how many years? But, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those really, really humongous bodybuilders, right? Uh, they're the world's strongest man lifting a dead weighting a thousand pounds. I don't know how much they do. Sometimes they throw their back out, they get a hernia and it's all for the praise of men. But here, what we're talking about is the praise of God, the commendation of God, God's stamp of approval on your life, the rewards of eternity. And so when we think along the lines of those that perspective, it really helps to encourage us to keep pressing forward, to keep struggling forward, to keep pressing in, and to not grow faint at heart. And yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be difficult. In fact, it's impossible to the flesh. That's why we need the Spirit of God. But my encouragement to us is not to cave, not to collapse, not to fold, uh, to keep your eyes on the prize. I love that verse in 2 Corinthians 4.17. It says, for our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So it pause. It, 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 it's enough to say that we're going to receive a weight of glory or, or just glory, right? It doesn't just say glory. It says a weight of glory. Not just a weight of glory. It says exceeding weight of glory. Not just an exceeding weight of glory, says a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So it will last forever and ever and ever and ever. And so <clears throat> I, I, I like uh, what, what Ravenhill says in the sermon. He says, don't let the devil throw the dust of time in your eyes to blind you to eternity. That's powerful. Don't let the devil throw the dust of time in your eyes and blind you to eternity. Because he will. 
And so let's get our minds fixed on eternal things, on the Lord. Keep praying, keep pressing through. Uh, don't give in. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will uphold you. The Lord will keep you. Um, yeah, so hold on. You just, sister asked, uh, uh, hold on. Yeah. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17. Well, don't let the devil throw the dust of time in your eyes and blind you to eternity. You know, there's this other thing he says in, in, in his sermon. He says, the devil always show you the beginning, but never show you the end. Wow. He will never show you the end. So there's a lot of people that are living for today because they don't know the end. But you know what God shows you? He shows you the end. If you commit to him today. You know, brothers and sisters, that has been one of my strongest consolations is that soon one day I will finally be able to lay down my burdens, my pains, my sorrows. And Jesus promises me in his word that no, there will be no more suffering, no more sorrow. Every tear will be wiped away. I won't have to cry another tear. Or I have to uh, weep my eyes out for the souls of men any longer. I won't have to endure the persecutions of men anymore. I won't have to deal with the mental anguish of the devil bombarding my mind to get me to believe lies and me to fight it off every single day. You will finally receive that glorious commendation. Uh, uh, good job, faithful servant. Faithful servant, good job. You're going to get the praise of God. And I'm not saying praise in the sense the Lord will worship you. God forbid, no. It's not what I'm saying. But he will say, you've done a good job. You fought the good fight. You kept in the race. Henceforth, there is laid up for you the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award you and award all those that loved his appearing. Amen. Amen. That is our, that is our uh, lot. Hang in. Keep on pressing in. And I know right now is I feel the Holy Spirit and he's encouraging you right now. <clears throat> Don't throw in the towel. I know it hurts. Some of you are in pain right now. Some of you have been suffering from the same thing for the last year or the last three months and it just doesn't lighten up nothing has changed and you've prayed about it and i'm speaking prophetically right now the spirit of god is speaking to you prayed about it nothing has changed but this is not an occasion for you to say it doesn't work or i'm gonna just throw in the towel i'm gonna just give up the lord is saying fight because he's fighting for you You have the resources of heaven, an eternal economy that will not be diminished, will not fade nor spoil. 
And here's a, a, a thing you can bank on. Jesus has already said that the battle is won. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from it. You're fighting from the position of victory. The battle is already won. <clears throat> uh, Sister Victoria says, Victoria, I, I, I can't help but uh, be reminded of the word victory. In fact, I think uh, that's where the name comes from, right? Victory. Might be mistaken about that. But victory is yours. Victory is yours. Um, I just want to read this last verse. This is what Paul says. And remember, this is Paul's last letter. So he can't tell Timothy anything more. And so if there was something that could sum up the, the values of Paul the Apostle to transfer, to confer to Timothy, his beloved son in the faith, who he says in the scriptures, he has no one else like. And it would be in this last letter that would sum up the values that he wants to transmit to him. And this is what he says. In the last chapter, the last book of Paul in the last chapter, I charge you, and this is chapter four, the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready and season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have any itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But so he's talking about, look, there's coming a time when in the presence of God in Christ Jesus with the elect angels of God, he will judge the living and the dead. All will stand. All will give an account. Every single person on that day. As I was saying last uh, yesterday in my preaching, when I was trying to win souls. I was telling them, I was saying, man, can't you see it? All the people, all the pirates that died and sunk in the ocean, all the horrible Nazis in Nazi Germany in the 1940s who have committed such horrible atrocities to God's chosen people, all the people that have died in conquest and colonialism, they all will stand one day and will rise again in judgment. both the living and the dead. But for us believers, it's not a time of judgment. Yes, uh, not a time of condemnation. Yes, we will be judged, but it's all unto rewards. It's all unto reward. It's not unto condemnation. He has not appointed us the wrath. That is your encouragement. He has appointed us unto salvation. And so keep that in perspective. Keep that in perspective, brothers and sisters. But last verse, verse 17 in chapter four. But the Lord stood by, he says this. Oh, no, actually verse 16. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. 
may it not be charged against him, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear, uh, hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I love that. No man stood be with me, my first defense, but all had forsaken me. But the Lord stood by me and he strengthened me. He upheld me with his righteous right hand, causing me not to fall nor stumble. And I can say this with confidence today that it has been almost a decade and every single day, every single month, every single year, the Lord has not failed to be faithful to me. Even times when I had fallen, even times when I thought I was going to go astray, times that I said, Lord, I can't take it no more. I can't fight another day. I don't know what I'm going to do. But God continued to rescue me time and time again, right before the lion's mouth was about to close on me. And he will do the same for you. So let's uh, <coughs> close in prayer. Father God, I just come before you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, and I just pray. <coughs> I pray for your people. Lord, we know that it won't always be like this. You will perfect that concern in us. And sooner or later, it will turn in our favor. It's going to turn around one day. Lord, I pray for those that are hard, uh, uh, heavy-hearted. They feel like, God, I've done all that I could, and I just can't seem to hold on anymore, Lord. I want to, Father, but I just can't. Lord, would you strengthen them, Father? Would you let them know that everything's going to be all right, Lord, if they just keep looking to you? They don't have to be strong enough. Just... Got to know that our help comes from you. Father, would you help those that have fallen? I feel like, Lord, I've sinned against you so much. Lord, I can't come back to you. I'm filthy. I'm ugly. Lord, would you just minister to them, Lord, like you've ministered to me in times that I have fallen? And I thought I, I can never possibly come back. Would you let them know that you love them? You have not thrown them away. You haven't discarded them. You don't view them as trash. You view, view them, Lord, very preciously. They're the, they're the apple of your eye. May the bowels of Jesus Christ well up in their hearts. Father, I intercede for your people, Lord. I don't want them beat up by the devil. I want them to have victory. I want them to have joy. I want them to have a smile on their face, Lord. I want them to be able to look towards the future, God, and not the past and keep beating themselves up by what they've done before, that they can have victory and freedom in you, Lord Jesus. God, I just ask of you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, move. 
Spirit of God, move upon hearts. Begin to break chains and break yokes and break bondages. All that the devil has done for many years, the work on their minds to distort and to pervert and to contort, Lord, I pray, would be broken in an instant. God, by your power, you are the God that answers prayer, Lord. We know that you still answer prayers today and your spirit is moving even now. God, I pray that you would strengthen them all to hold on. And even when they can't, Lord, that they would be assured that you are right there. And you're going to restore marriages. You're going to restore relationships, restore hearts. Father, and I pray for those that uh, uh, um, are so lost. They know you're the answer. Oh, God. They feel so lost. They don't even know where to start. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to begin. Lord, I pray that a shining light, Lord, would pierce through the obscurity and the darkness, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for those of us who have hard families, Lord, and we get spoken ill of, uh, against. Ugly words spoken to us, Lord. Chaos in our in our our families, Lord. I pray for order. I pray for peace, shalom, the come. You're the prince of peace, and one day you will right every wrong. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I, I, I might, guys, stay in an attitude of prayer. I know I can't see what you guys are doing, but I want you to stay in an attitude of prayer because I feel the spirit of the Lord is moving. And if I call on your name to pray, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to ask that you guys do anything or say anything. It's just that the Lord puts you on my heart to pray for you. And if I don't pray for everybody, it's not because I'm singling anybody out. It's just, I'm just going in accord with what the Lord wants me to do. <clears throat> Father, we just worship you. We just praise and magnify your holy name. Oh, Father, I pray for Brother Malachi right now, God. Father, I pray that you give him a holy resolve in his heart, Lord God. I pray that you would breathe on him afresh. Lord, he has a, he has an open heart, Lord. He has a humble heart, Lord God. Even though there's things about him, Lord, he well understands that are not in alignment, Father God. But he is humble enough to admit, Lord God, when he's wrong. And Father, I just pray that you would strengthen his character. That you would give him integrity, Father God. Lord, I just ask of you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, that you would that you that that sin would continue to loosen its grip on his life and that you would give him supernatural strength and miraculous power father god to uh, uh, obtain heights in you lord growth in you that he has never seen before father i just pray for blessings over his life that you shower him with goodness and you lavish upon him uh uh uh, uh your love lord hallelujah Father God, a holy resolve to make decisive decisions in his life. Father, I pray for Sister Jasmine uh, Lopez right now. God, I ask of you, Father, for you to give her a wisdom, or God, to give her, Father God, strength. Father God, that, that she would not have to be afraid of anything, Lord God. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give her a confidence and a, and a boldness, Lord God, that you would help her to begin to influence the people that she wants to believe, that who she wants to believe on, on you too, Lord God. That you would give her a, a boldness and an ability, Lord, to uh, uh, um, share your word in the way that she needs to, Lord, for those people. And I pray that I pray that her friends would begin to ask questions about her faith, Lord God, or that you would begin to open doors, Lord God, for her to to uh, freely uh, share, Lord God, the testimony of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I ask of you, Lord, that you continue to grow her and that you would help her to keep uh, her focus on you, Father God, on you, Lord God, that you would strengthen Lord, her, her time of devotion as she gets into the word that you would teach her. She wants to know your word. She wants to know uh, what it says more and more. And she wants to know you. So, Father, I pray that you would just expand her mind. And that as she reads, these scriptures would begin to retain in her mind and her heart, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, and I, I pray, Father, for, for Sister Michelle, Lord God, right now while she's in Lebanon, Lord. I know that. There's certain decisions she has to make, Father God, and that she needs direction, Lord God. I pray, Father, for direction, Father God. I pray for uh, uh, um, the pathway to clear open for her to walk in, Lord God. And Lord, I, I just ask of you, Lord, that she would never be pressured by family, Lord. That she would she would uh, uh, have you, Lord God. She would have you and you only as the motivation to do what she does and go where she goes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We just praise and magnify your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, as we close, Father, I just pray that you'd seal these prayers, Lord. You strengthen us all as your people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Joy and peace. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Glory to God. I'd like to ask um does it do any do any one of you have uh, any final questions or remarks or maybe testimonies? Um, and if you do, you can feel free to type it in the chat or maybe share it, uh, excuse me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for sharing that, Jasmine. Brother Gray. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but when you were praying, I started, you know, I just started crying for no reason, like. The prayer just touched my heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sharing that. It's an encouragement. I really care about you guys a lot. I really do. And so when I pray, it's not for showmanship. I know I say this time and time again, it's not for theatrics. Um, 
the way I pray in my closet is the way that I pray before you guys. Although in my, in my closet time, I tend to get more loud. <laughs> I don't like to do that because I don't want to distract anybody from the Lord. You know, I think um, I try to be as less distracting as I can. Um, so, uh, but I care for you guys very much. And so I pray for you guys with all my heart. <clears throat> very random, but I do have a prayer request from my friend named Andrew to see the reality of Christ and that God gives him strength to come to the light. Today I felt sorrow, but I was joyful the Lord Jesus is going to help him. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, we, we will close in, uh, we will close with uh, that prayer, Sister Victoria. Um, but again, I just want to ask that um, before we close in that prayer, uh, do any of you guys have any uh, final remarks or testimonies or, or questions? And don't feel shy if uh, there are no stupid questions. Um, if did the Lord speak to any of you during this message? Um, I just want to say that I think um, you praying for me, like the things that you said was like almost like a confirmation that God has been hearing my prayers on. So thank you so much for praying for me. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> yes, it's confirmation, sis. Um, I, 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 that's one of the things I know the Lord has gifted me with is when I pray, um, it tends to be with what people are going through or what they've been recently praying for. Um, and so it is confirmation. The Lord hears you, sis. He really does. Um, and he's going to lead you. He's going to direct you. He's going to guide you. Um, so you keep on um, looking to him. Well, with that said, um, yes, let's, let's, let's close in this last prayer, guys. And, and we'll close for sure, for sure. Um <laughs> I remember I was listening to this Christian comedian. I've told you guys this before, but I know that some of you haven't listened to it. And he, you know, he's all into it. He's all real enthusiastic. He's all, yeah, I remember when I was a little boy, he said, uh, you know, we had all them old school preachers. And I'm trying to impersonate him. He said, he'd be there for two hours saying, I'm getting ready to close. And then he say that about like 10 times. And I'm over there as a little boy thinking, man, how many doors does this preacher got to close? <laughs> he said, I just wanted funny. to say my he said, I just wanted to say, hey, like Moses telling Pharaoh, let God's people go. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Let God's people go. <laughs> uh anyways. All right, let's close for sure. This is the last door I got to close. <laughs> and we'll, um, let's pray. Father God, we just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus for <clears throat> Victoria's friend. His name is Andrew, Lord God. And she's been asking, Lord, that, that this man would come to the, the light of the gospel, the light of Jesus Christ. And Father, we know that you will for none to come to perish, uh, none to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And I just ask that the light of the gospel be uh, make entrance into his heart and that you will do whatever is necessary, Father God, to 
see to it that this man surrenders, whether that's through pain or his life coming to ruin and shambles. Father, or you just woo him with the tender kindness of your soft-spoken words, or whether through the threatenings of, of Sinai or the blessings of Zion, Lord God, or the tender heartedness and the meekness or with the rod. In either case, Lord, we pray for this man's salvation, that you would use some sort of means for God to prep his heart, that the seed of the gospel will be sown and the water will be uh, administered and that it would come to fruition. Father God, that he'd be a mighty warrior in, in your kingdom, Father God, and we pray and we believe this, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people say amen. Amen. Or type amen. 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 <laughs> all right, guys. I told you that was the last door. I got the close. So um, I'm thankful you guys for coming on. Hope that you guys will return next week. Remember, it's always Saturday at the 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I know there's a lot of people in different parts of the world. So uh, Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. God bless you guys. You guys have a great day. God bless you guys. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you.